Innovative ideas often require a team approach. It's difficult to make changes that truly move the needle when you consider a problem from just one perspective. Broadening the team allows physicians to consider other ideas. These new ideas might just open up possibilities that they may never have thought of. This is a Cook Children's Podcast. Welcome to Pediatric Leadership, the new medicine with Dr. Justin Smith, helping physicians become innovators in medicine. Now, here's Dr. Justin Smith. Dr. Warren Marks is a pediatric neurologist with Cook Children's in Fort Worth, Texas. He has a particular interest in movement disorders and has been involved in Cook Children's effort to advance the use of deep brain stimulation in the pediatric population. His latest project has been the design and implementation of an innovative pediatric motion lab, which uses a multidisciplinary approach and advanced technology to assess and develop plans for children, teens, and young adults with movement disorders. Dr. Marks, thank you so much for coming on to talk with us today. We're really excited to have you on. Thank you, Justin. Glad to be here. To really get started, we have to lay a little bit of foundation about what the Motion Lab is. So what's going on over there and uh, what types of patients you guys are working with? And just kind of give us an overview of, of what the service is. Sure. Well, let me begin uh, by just saying that you have to first understand just what movement is. And movement involves a very complex um, interplay of a lot of uh, nerve cells, brain cells that need to fire off and send messages down to a lot of muscles that have to fire in the right order to produce a movement. Movements can be something as simple as blinking an eye or something as complicated as throwing a baseball. The more complicated the movement, the more complicated the messages and the more opportunity for things to go wrong. There are medical conditions in which movements go awry and things don't work right. But for things like sports, just having the wrong mechanics um, is a movement that is not ideal for what you're trying to accomplish. So the idea behind a movement analysis lab or what some people just refer to as a gate lab, when gate means walking, is a way to use highly sophisticated computer programming to carefully analyze movements. Traditionally, these labs have been used primarily for gait or or walking. But as a neurologist, uh, I see so many more uses for motion analysis, particularly uh, using arms and um, upper extremity function. So the way a motion analysis laboratory works is you have uh, a series of equipment that records information. And that equipment includes some markers that are placed on the child, And those markers are coated with a reflective substance that is picked up by infrared cameras. So these cameras don't actually see the child. They only see the markers. In addition, you have uh, traditional video cameras so we can actually see the walking. You have EMG markers, and EMG is a way of monitoring muscle activity from the surface. So there are additional electrodes that are placed on the surface to record muscle activity. And as you walk, uh, the child walks over some... Uh, force plates, which are hidden in the ground so that they can't see them. And what the force plates measure is how hard do you actually hit the ground and in what order do your feet hit the ground. We also have a way of looking at the pressure on the feet with a different, uh, little different piece of the uh, equipment. And then the final component of all this is what's called an oxygen consumption system, where we can look at the amount of oxygen that you use from where you breathe, look at the amount of carbon dioxide that you breathe out, and from that you can extrapolate how much energy somebody's burning doing an activity. So you measure them at rest, and then you have them do something standardized, and you measure them again as they're doing it. And it's all real. It's all in lifetime. Wow. I mean, that sounds 
amazing. I'm thinking through as you're going through all the different pieces and thinking, surely a neurologist didn't know how to put all those pieces together. So tell me a little bit about once you decided to move forward with a lab like this, how you put together a team that could sort of help you gather all of this data. Well, you're exactly right. This is this is not part of standard neurology training. We don't really do much in the way of motion analysis. This is typically uh, in the realm of orthopedics. And again, the primary interest in these labs uh, since the time they were developed has been in walking, so it makes a lot of sense. And we do do a lot of studies in conjunction with the orthopedist looking at walking in particular to try and help do surgical planning. Do you want to realign some bones? Is this all something that can be done with tendons? Or is it uh, all uh, a matter of tone management? So the basic premise of orthopedic neurology right now, or the world of gait, is that you first have to manage their muscle tone or the amount of stiffness in their muscles in the order that they fire. And then you can proceed on with orthopedic surgery. In order to develop a lab like this, it takes a lot of people who have a great deal of understanding about all the components of this. Uh, Number one, uh, the orthopedic surgeons were very involved in helping us develop the lab uh, and how we would use it. The most important people are the physical therapists who run the lab. They're there every day that the lab is open. They're the ones who actually physically run the studies. They do a very detailed assessment of the child beforehand, and then they run the study, and they kind of walk through the interpretation that we then look at together. We have a biomechanical engineer in the lab to help run the equipment. Uh, and in fact, in the next few weeks, we're going to start writing our own protocols. He's, he's learning how to write the code for the equipment that we have so we can write protocols and look at things that people haven't really thought to look at because we've been using them primarily only for gait. It also takes a lot of community support. Explaining to the administration um, and having an understanding administration uh, that this is a very expensive technology that in and of itself is only a tool, but what it does drive is better procedures, better outcomes for the children. And then explaining that to the community because they have really helped us fund the lab. Yeah, and I think that is huge, especially when you're talking about something that's more rare. We spoke on the last episode with Dr. Thornton about hyperinsulinism and how it's not necessarily a cost driver for the institution, but having an institution that puts better care and the patient first can sort of open up doors that you might not always get to to walk through um, because you have an institution that supports those types of initiatives. That's exactly right. I don't, I don't think you can ever really recoup the million dollars that we've spent on this lab so far. Clearly, um, it's taken a, a village and, uh, and even bigger than that, a whole community to build this. Sometimes I think that's, that's so important as far as driving innovation and, and making the uh, lab really be something that um, does something different versus what maybe you know, a neurologist could have dreamed up on their own. But also sometimes when you start getting a bigger team and more players involved, that can sometimes uh, make things more complex and more difficult. Are there some hurdles that you saw came about as a fact of having so many people involved? I enjoy uh, team building. Um, I've done that throughout my career. I built a team that runs our inpatient rehabilitation unit. Uh, I run a team that runs our muscular dystrophy clinic. We have a a series of teams that do our complex movement disorder clinics. Uh, So I'm very comfortable with the idea of building teams. Uh, This team was a bit unique because there are um, constant moving pieces uh, and people involved that are outside the normal realm of what would be neurology, rehabilitation, and even orthopedics. 
Um, one of my big interests in, in having a lab has always been the idea of looking at upper extremity function or arm function because that's so important to kids with limited mobility because you can use your arms for so many things. You can use your arms to make you mobile. You can drive a power chair if you have really good functioning arms. You can use your arms to communicate if you can't speak by being able to use devices. But get out of the realm of neurology completely. And one of the great things about this institution is we have such a good relationship amongst the physicians and we can talk to each other. As Dr. Thornton and I have been talking over the years um, from our endowed chair positions, you begin to realize that there's such a huge need for studying, for example, the effects of, of childhood obesity on their motor function. What does this do to their feet? What does it do to their ankles over time? What does it do to their knees and their hips? Are these people who are destined for joint replacements at a young age, can we interrupt that process? And so being able to study their motion, look at that, look at the, at the way they burn calories, we think it will allow us to intervene and understand what we're doing. So as you have, for example, overweight children in nutritional management and exercise programs, we have ways to actually study what's happening with their calories over time and see what seems to work best for an individual child. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and I think your um, sort of passion for team building, obviously you've taken opportunities to exercise that. But from my understanding, being a young physician, that concept of team building for physicians is kind of a developing idea. And maybe um, when you started practicing, did you feel like there was more of sort of a solo lone ranger kind of feel as a physician? Or do you always feel like you've had that sort of goal for team building? I guess I never really thought about doing anything you know, alone. Every the, All the things that I've done require teams in cooperation. You know, neurologists traditionally, we're largely diagnosticians. We have some medical treatments available, but we need, for example, we need the neurosurgeons greatly, and we need the orthopedic surgeons. We may poke fun at each other periodically, but we, we desperately need each other. They, they need us. We need them. And so the idea that you're going to do something by yourself, uh, to me, is kind of a foreign concept. So maybe if everybody thinks they're going solo, maybe everybody else isn't really thinking about this right because we're really all in this together. At the end of the day, we're all in this to make things better for the child and the family. And that just works so much better when we're doing this as a group. For sure. And I think even expanding the team uh, beyond physicians like you've done with the Motion Lab, because that gives such a unique perspective. And when you have an engineer in the lab who's writing code, I mean, obviously, uh, most neurologists aren't skilled and ready to do that. So having bringing someone in to sort of be an addition to the team and, and who has a voice on the team can really help you uh, do something different and really make make a difference. There are lots of skills required for things that, that I'm involved with all day long, skills that I don't have. I think it's very important to surround yourself with good people and empower them to do what they do best and allow them to be creative because a lot of these ideas that we've developed have not come from me. It's come from the people around me. Yeah, and so the culture of um, it doesn't matter who the idea comes from. If it's a good idea, it's a good idea is, is really important to a team like this because they need to be able to speak up to you and know that even though it wasn't coming from you, you'll take on and champion what, what ideas could benefit your patients. Right. This is not about ownership. It's about outcome. Oh, that's, that's great. I love that statement. You mentioned uh, sort of maybe the use of the motion lab for evaluating kids with obesity. Are there other sort of clinical uses that you see on the horizon, other things that you have in mind you'd like to utilize the lab for? It's certainly, you know, you can think of it in terms of 
disease management, and you can broaden that to really look at wellness management. I view obesity as a wellness management issue. Um, obesity may be a disease, it may be an epidemic, but what you're trying to accomplish is wellness. So I think that's one, and I think you can think of sports and recreational activities in much the same way. Children are involved in lots of different activities. A lot of these sports, especially as they get into either starting at younger ages or getting into more competitive sports, provide unique stresses on, on a child's growing bones and muscles and tendons. And so if they're going to be involved in these things, um, we'd like to try and find a way to do it in a way that's good for their bodies. Um, and so understanding uh, mechanics of throwing, mechanics of running and jumping is an area that I'm interested, not so much because I'm an athlete, because I'm, I'm really not, uh, but because I think it's important that we help kids and families do this in the right way and, and maybe guide them towards activities which seem to be better suited to their children. Those sound amazing, and I think certainly something that we are starting to see, uh, you know, more problems with overuse injuries, and it seems like a perfect uh, fit for that. If you can see where the mechanic is off and where the, you know, elbow pain is coming from, you can make adjustments and, and go from there. See even maybe like, um, you know, getting a pitching coach involved or something who comes in, you can help them sort of understand proper mechanics based on the technology that we have and not just based on their, their past experience. Exactly, because a lot, a lot of this isn't really medical per se. It's, it's really about can kinematics and movement and getting people involved outside the, the traditional medical field. So coaches, trainers, physical education, teachers, kinesiologists, and those kinds of things that will bring a knowledge to the table that, you know, and a perspective that we really don't have, but just the concept is important and then just finding the right people to help pull it off. Uh, it's amazing. So, I mean, you've heard it, um, Fort Worth, uh, Dr. Marx is really looking out for different people who have different perspectives, and I'm sure we'll be reaching out to lots of you guys soon to try to figure out how we can best serve the kids of our area. Tell me also, Dr. Marx, um, because you deal with some pretty um, rare movement disorders, how could a physician who has a patient that's dealing with some of the conditions that you deal with um, get in touch with you or get in touch with the department to uh, refer a patient or to get advice for you about um, sort of what next step should be for that patient. Sure. Well, we're we're you know we're certainly available by phone, available by email. We do get lots of um, inquiries from uh, faraway places, and uh, we have a um, patient liaison uh, who will help work with the families to have them send us videos, records if needed. So really, before we see children from far away, um, we do a lot of pre-screening with videos, uh, records, and scans to see if it's going to be worthwhile for them to even come down. Great. So what we'll do, guys, is we'll put the links and the phone numbers um, to get in touch with the liaison or, or with Dr. Marks onto the show notes for this podcast. And you can find those at checkupnewsroom.com slash pediatricleadership. Uh, so I want to thank Dr. Marks for coming on today, and I want to thank you just for all the um, insight you have into sort of team building, um, innovation, and then movement disorders specifically. Um, and I'd love to give you a minute to give us any final thoughts. Well, Justin, thanks for uh, having me on and just letting me share my thoughts a little bit. Um, this is a long-standing interest of mine. We're really working on the rehabilitation of children with a variety of problems, but more importantly, it's really a Evolved into habilitation or trying to keep them healthy before we run into problems. Thank you so much. For more information on Cook Children's Motion Lab, go to cookchildrens.org slash motion lab.